Welcome to the Female Insight Zone, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights from women who have made an indelible mark in business and the path they took to soar. Welcome to the Female Insight Zone. This is Mary Beth Kosmaski. Today I'm interviewing Sherry Torres. PhD. She's a senior consultant with nextmove.is, and she's partner at Innovation Partners International. She teaches people to use everyday conversations to dramatically improve outcomes for their organization and relationships. So I am really excited to hear more about what Sherry has done, the book she's written, and also, of course, to find out what everyday conversations we should be having to dramatically improve the outcomes for our organization. So welcome, Sherry. Thank you so much. I'm very delighted to be here. So give me some insight on how you started to get involved with different conversations that people are having. I know that you wrote a book, Conversations Worth Having, and this whole world is all about communications. If there's bad things happening, it's because there's poor communications. If there's good things happening, it's usually because we're on the same page with communication. So talk about how you got to where you're at in communicating and understanding this in a different way. Okay, I'm going to give you the shortened version because the long version is very circuitous. The short version is that I have been working with appreciative inquiry for over 20 years now. And appreciative inquiry is an approach to organizational change and design that focuses on the best of what is and what's possible instead of focusing on problems. That doesn't mean that problems are ignored, but instead of focusing on the problem and trying to fix it, it's looking at, all right, we have this problem. What is it that we are trying to achieve? Or what is it we want to do together? And then going after creative and innovative ways of how we can achieve what it is we want to do. And appreciative inquiry has been a practice that for a very long time, has been written about, talked about, and used by AI practitioners with a particular model and process. And that model and process doesn't make appreciative inquiry really practical on a daily basis for people to use to change the way they're engaging with each other. And in actuality, appreciative inquiry is really about changing the way we talk with each other. So instead of talking about what we don't want and what's wrong and why it needs to be fixed, it's about talking about what do we want and where do we want to go together and how can we get there and in the process, solve problems along the way. Ah, so it's not about repositioning the problem. It's about repositioning the approach to the problem. Is that right? Yes. Very well said. I believe I understand what you're talking about. It's what we're focusing on. We're not focusing on the problem, but the solution. But give an example of maybe something that you've gone through where people were stuck focusing on this problem in a certain way, and this appreciative inquiry process helped them change that. Okay. A hospital that I worked with was having issues with patient satisfaction. They had been growing over a three-year period and growing a lot. And the growing was causing a lot of stress internally and patient satisfaction was suffering. They had been focusing on fixing the problem, which were low patient satisfaction scores. 
And in that process, their conversations spun around what are the nurse managers doing to fix the problems with patient satisfaction? What are they doing to correct that? And the nurse managers kept defending that it wasn't a problem with the patient satisfaction per se, but that they didn't have enough staff or staff were quitting because it was getting too stressful and other staff were having to do double shifts and that was wearing on people. And so they kept going around in this dialogue, not going anywhere. And when appreciative inquiry was brought in, the conversation changed completely. And instead, the senior manager and working with her nurse managers started to look at what we want is highly satisfied patients. So who on your floors, which patients are really satisfied with what's going on? And the nurse managers kind of brightened up at that point and were like, we have many that are very satisfied. And the VP said, okay, start paying attention to what are nurses and staff doing around those patients? And what is it that makes those patients really satisfied with the service they're getting and the care they're getting? And that shifted the nurse managers from focusing on what was wrong and what wasn't going right to paying attention to when things were going right and what nurses were doing when they were doing, you know, high quality care and patients were satisfied. And that not only shifted the dynamic and the energy, but the nurse managers began to see what people were doing that was working. And they started to replicate that. And then when they all got back together, they started sharing, here's what we discovered on our floor. And here's what we discovered on ours. And then they cross-pollinated ideas. And I remember the senior VP when we left that meeting, she sort of was a little bit awestruck. And she said, I can't believe a single conversation shifted so much. All the energy shifted, all these possibilities emerged for how we could improve patient satisfaction. And in the next quarter, patient satisfaction was up. And on two of the floors, it was 100%. And they hadn't seen that for well over two years. Wow. Yeah. You know, I think that we can really get caught up in the negativity. I look at the situation of, you know, diversity and gender equity in terms of pay and things like that. And it doesn't seem to change very much. And it's a very negative conversation. And everyone talks about the problem. But I think a great way of looking at this is to evaluate what's being done successfully, like you're talking about, in some organizations, and how that can be duplicated as opposed to forcing on organizations to hire more women or to have more diversity and things like that. And I think that it's all just forced and negative as opposed to it being something that could actually be really positive. Yes. And when you're looking for where are the successes, people get more energized. If we're just looking at what's going on kind of biologically with the body-mind when that happens, instead of being caught in kind of that primal fight-flight defend ourselves, we open up. And when we open back up, we have more access to our brain, where higher order thinking and creativity and innovative ideas and memory are. And so you're getting a whole lot more potential into those conversations about what can we do as well. Yeah, exactly. 
So share with us a little bit about conversations worth having using appreciative inquiry to feel productive and meaningful engagement. That's a book. You also have an article on the same topic. Yes, we've got several articles out there, but yeah, we do. And so talk about what people will find. Just give us a few tidbits of what's in that book in terms of things that we can learn from it. It's a very accessible book. We boil the process of appreciative inquiry down to two basic practices. One of them is generative inquiry, and the other is positive framing. And the generative inquiry, which is probably if you're not going to do anything else, asking great questions that you don't know the answers to can do more to shift a conversation than anything else. And so through questions, inviting people to share information that you're not sure of, or you think you know, and suddenly you realize you didn't know what their perception or what their mindset was, asking questions that surface possibilities deeper understanding and connection that invite multiple voices in. Get used to just asking questions instead of making statements. That will change the dynamic of conversations, especially if you're asking questions that are leading in the direction of what you want to know more about or what might be helpful. The second practice, which is positive framing, is really simply about choosing a tone and a direction for your conversation that moves you towards what you want instead of talking about what you don't want. It's pretty simple. And the book is primarily filled with stories and examples from conversations we have with ourselves to families, to schools, businesses, international organizations, community-based organizations of how people have shifted their ability to be successful and have very high quality relationships just by shifting their conversation. I love that. Can you give us an example of perhaps in a particular scenario, a great question to ask? Sure. One of the ones that I, I love because it was one of the first times that I realized the power of an appreciative or a generative question. I was at the very end of my first AI training and I was in a conversation with a different hospital administrator. And the hospital administrator was going on and on about this new team building effort that they were making at the hospital and how he just couldn't get doctors on board. And they weren't team players and they weren't collaborative. And he, you know, he was complaining. And about, you know, two or three minutes into the conversation, I suddenly woke up and I thought, whoa, we've just been through four days of AI training and here we are in a deficit based conversation. So I thought, all right, I'm going to test this thing out. I'll see if this really works. And so I just asked, do you have any doctors that are on board with what you're doing? And I watched his entire being shift right in front of me. His face lit up. He stood up straight. He got a smile on his face. And he was like, I have 15 of the best doctors. I don't think I heard a thing after that in terms of what he said, because I was so blown away of how powerful a simple question could be right. to flip a conversation. So it's finding the positive and you have to think about it a little bit more than just reacting to the negative. But isn't that what it is? It's kind of finding that positive. Yes. It's finding the positive without negating the negative. For example, with that hospital administrator, he was wanting to have more doctors on board, but he was stuck in focusing on the problem. 
Whereas shifting to looking at the 15 doctors that he did have on board, if we had then asked lots of questions into what was it about these doctors and how might these doctors each one bring one more doctor on, suddenly the solution for the problem is in this field, it's called positive deviance. It's those pockets of where something is working in an organization. And if you find them, they're full of all the answers to how you can spread that throughout the rest of the organization. So insightful. And it's just kind of a small change in the way that you're just approaching the problem. I'm very interested in this. And thank you for sharing this with us. Can I just add one kind of thing to remember? It's very simple. And what makes it very challenging is that we are hardwired to scan for what's wrong because of survival. So it really is a conscious choice to scan for what's right. Exactly. Like I've often heard people talk about, you know, the nightly news. The nightly news doesn't talk about all the great things that are happening. It's (laughs) solely focused on all the bad things. And so that's what is interesting, I guess, to people. That's what people talk about. That's the direction of their mind. So yeah, no, I think this is great. So tell us where people can find out more. I know you do have a website, conversationsworthhaving.today. But what are some other places where people can find you on social media or out there? Both my co-author, Jackie Stavros, and I are both on LinkedIn and on Facebook, on Twitter. I've got two businesses, nextmove.is is one of the businesses, and Innovation Partners dot com is my other business. And Jackie Stavros, my co-author, teaches at Lawrence Technical University. So you can also find her on that website. Well, very interesting. I sure hope that our listeners go out and get this book. I think we all could use a little bit more of this conversations Uh worth having. So thank you very much, Sherry, for being a part of the Female Inside Zone today. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for listening to the Female Insight Zone, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights from women who have made an indelible mark in business and the path they took to soar. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.